0: Namaskar. Welcome to Infinity Foundation's Kurukshetra podcast. I'm your host, Karishma Himatsinghani. In today's episode, you will hear a conversation between Sri Rajiv Marotra and Miss Katie Hopkins from UK, discussing Islam versus Britain. Let's check this out. Namaste, listeners. I am with a very special guest, Katie Hopkins from the UK. Welcome, Katie.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: You know, for the benefit of my viewers, I want to introduce you as somebody with a lot of clarity and courage and conviction as a British person who is on the world stage explaining what is British identity, what are the issues, taking strong positions, Not putting up with any nonsense and all that is very good. And I really like all that. So, uh, I want to show uh, a brief clip of a public position she took at great risk when the, when there was a mob of Muslims on Diwali in front of the Indian High Commission, uh, you know, shouting slogans and trying to disrupt Diwali. Uh, She is the one person who stood up alone there in front of a whole mob, and took them on. So let's watch this
2: of London today this is Diwali this is the religious festival of Diwali do you really think that if this was Eid it would be acceptable to have these protests on Eid no but because these guys are Pakistani because Islam is taking over my country this is the sort of protest that we're seeing not a single not a single female here all men all men all men all men Lying, or 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 this yeah. Bit. Yeah. All men, all men, And they, this is on so no, Dwali. This no, is, same, is this religious the 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 a religious festival. It's very difficult to person. imagine. Look, Look at them. Look at them. This is a vision card. To come it's out empowering. and make the land of the people say. dying in the world. This is what we have I hope up. you're proud. I hope you're oh, proud, proud, proud of yourself. Of yourself. I, I hope you're proud, proud of, of every you action do. you do. You're happy for the women to women be raped in Kashmir? Being <laughs> a female yourself? It's shameful. Okay, so now What's I'm being What a shameful attacked. situation yeah. you are. You are born into a brutal family. You must look at your mother and father with your upbringing. Because your the upbringing must up have been terrible. I feel I sorry feel for you. This Today is, you should side, with, side with, with the women, women of the, women the world. world. Where is there woman power you Look at the state of these people. Look, this is what we're up against. I feel sorry for you. We're giving you this bit of air coverage to make you feel important. Because the man who loves you, I feel sorry for him as well. Pakistani men in England. Today you should be standing with the women of Kashmir. Oh, standing with the women boys. of the world. Being a boys, woman a yourself. Look at these big guys, look, attacking a it's woman. It's so beautiful. Look at look the these big the guys. Just to show this lady. No on Diwali, an in India. India. Indian festival. Your Twitter account
0: Hating on Muslims again.
2: Are you getting paid?
0: Boys. Are you getting paid oh, for you hating Jews. on
2: Muslims? This is, this are you getting paid? You look right. Are oh, don't me, sir.
0: So, Katie, I one of the topics I have written about I have called breaking India forces, which is the forces that are breaking India apart from its traditional ancient civilizational foundation, and these forces are both internally, uh, uh, you know, based and uh, stimulated from external forces. Um, Would you say that the problems with Britain that you are concerned with are similar and could be called breaking Britain forces?
1: Absolutely. I think there's real parallels between your country, India and what you've been writing about and what we see here in the UK. For me, you know, there are forces at work that are actively seeking to dismantle any sense of patriotism, of pride, of nationalism that we have for our country and those those i would group those into three main things which would be the globalists the islamists and the feminists and i think it's those three groups for me that we have a real problem with but i think there is a a real parallel your enemy is our enemy um, and i feel very much like we are united in this fight with india against these forces that are seeking to destroy us
0: How would you describe each of them? Let's start with globalists.
1: So globalists are the people that do not wish us to be proud of our country. They do not wish us to fly, for example, our flag. They do not want us to fly the St. George's cross, which is the red cross on the white background. They call it a racist symbol. They no longer want countries, in fact, to exist. They want us all to be part of one big, global community and they want supranational uh, organizations to have control over us. And those are the people we are up against. The globalists want to destroy any pride in the nation state.
0: Yeah. So, one of the intellectual movements which brought this about is called postmodernism. And postmodernism says that because of all the flaws of modernism, modernism created all kinds of problems which there were. But but they decided to go overboard and get rid of any national identity, any sense of grand narrative, whether it's a religious grand narrative, whether it's your traditional grand narrative, whether it's the grand narrative of family values, whether it's the grand narrative of nation. As long as it's a grand narrative, according to them, it abuses and it privileges certain people and oppresses other people. So, they've seen, they've rewritten history through this postmodernist lens. And the interesting thing is that this postmodernism started in France and then some Indian people who were academics in the, U in the US, uh, left wing, ultra left wing, they translated this into English, this discourse, and then it spread into the English world like Gayatri Spivak, Homi Bhabha, these kind of people. Famous people in Columbia University, Harvard University, the the very intellectual types, they created this, uh, they brought this postmodernism into the English speaking world. And from there it has spread. And it went into India where a very large number of people in the academic sense call themselves postmodernists. They are very proud of it. And their whole passion in life is to undermine the sense of Indianness. And I think there's something similar happening in the UK, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right. It's, it's almost, I mean, it's the same. And, and if I take a very recent example, we just had a terrorist incident, a terrorist attack on London Bridge. And actually, that terrorist attack was a perfect storm of globalist leftist academics believing that you can rehabili- rehabilitate jihadis and the country, Britain, that is in the grip of Islamism. And basically because these academics believed you could rehabilitate jihadis, they had brought that jihadi into London and that's when he committed his attack. So they seek, globalists seek to destroy even the family unit. You know, anything that children, young people belong to, they want to rip it apart. And this is the real sadness of where we are at in our societies is they are destroying the things that we used to belong to, to make everybody a citizen of nowhere, to make everybody a nomad that does not belong.
0: So, the, po- the pro- problem I see with this ideology which is spreading is that while attempting uh, to uh, get rid of all power structures, uh, they are creating a vacuum which will be filled by the nefarious and nastiest of the of the power structures. So, there is, since humanity is not ready at this point to have no power structure at all. I mean, we are not evolved to a point where every human being will just be fine with no sense of identity. We are not there yet. But if we try to get rid of these identity structures, narratives of nation and so on, uh, then what happens is this vacuum, vacuums always get filled. A vacuum always gets filled with something, so it it gets filled with things like Islamism, things that things that want to take over this power structure. So I think this may be the reason why these globalists, postmodernists, and Islamists seem to work together. Uh, Now, the next uh, issue you mentioned was Islamism in UK. So tell you, tell us a little bit about why that's a problem.
1: Yes, I believe um, our country is being taken over from within. I am already a minority in my capital city, London. White people are a minority. By 2035, Muslim births outnumber births to all other religions in my country. And by 2050, I am a minority. We are a Muslim majority country. Now, you could say that doesn't matter, but. Our Muslim majority don't want to integrate into Britain. They want to build something isolated, unique, separate from our culture. I'm a minority in Birmingham, in Bradford, in Luton, in Leicester. I could list you the towns and cities. Increasingly, people feel like we don't belong. And increasingly, we feel like we're being forced out from within. and that power that sits in the hands of the islamists is also political power so our labor party the left will in soon soon in my lifetime become the islam party i believe
0: so this is sort of like Stan, some kind of Britainstan uh, being created
1: that's exactly uh, right people talk about londonistan Um, Pakistani uh, migrants here, they they actually speak of little Pakistan. Um, And so there is a sense increasingly Christian families like mine are looking eastwards towards Poland, towards Hungary, towards countries that have been more robust in their defense of the culture that we love.
0: So you might end up becoming minorities and refugees in your own country.
1: Absolutely. And I think that is most clearly indicated by our Jewish population, who are already being forced out and are leaving for Israel. And I believe that's what the white Christian community will move eastwards to Poland and Hungary. And that is why watching Modi and his brilliant and brave defiance to stand up and be proud of being a patriot and a nationalist really matters because that's the parallel fight back that we need in my country as well.
0: Now, how would you address the issue of non-Muslims, Scottish, Irish, who also want to separate? Would you say that the, the, a, a white Christian England and a white Christian Scotland and a white Christian Ireland Or would you say it's better to have a white Christian United Kingdom?
1: I would have said I I would always be uh, somebody who was here for kind of Britannia. I think uh, we're always stronger together. However, I think if you're realistic about um, the fact that I am a strong Brexiteer, I voted to leave the union, I voted to leave the EU. I think it's hypocritical to do that and then say, well, Scotland can't, want to decide its own destiny or Ireland the same yeah i do think the union will eventually be broken apart because we no longer share those common values that we used to share the strength of the union is very weak right now as you'll be able to see
0: so do you think that short term europe may break up and then there may be different parts of europe that want to be resisting islam and come back together as a new kind of a Christian Europe, and and then and then there may be two kinds of Europe: a Christian Europe and the the non-Christian will be Islamized Europe. So there may be a Eurostan kind of a uh, Europe and a Christian Europe. That's uh, pres- is, I,
1: pre- it- I believe that's spot on. I believe that's precisely what will happen by twenty fifty. We're outnumbered, and that flight will be on. I think there will be a reorganizing, a reshaping of Europe. There will be Islamic controlled Europe that will extend from Turkey across nations that will fall to Islam. And I believe there will be a Christian base that will be Eastern European in nature. I think there will be flight from England to countries like Poland, Hungary, Czechoslovakia and those countries will stand together and become the new Christian Europe. But that that division will happen. I think there will be a breakup.
0: So, such breakups and reorganizations generally require violence and hence there would have to be a new crusades. Because it's not going to be easy for both sides to accept boundaries. There will be a lot of uh, Uh, contentious areas, lot of turf battles, who owns this territory, who owns that town, who owns this particular river. And so, as a certain pole of Christian Europe consolidates and another pole of Muslim Europe consolidates, there will be a lot of ground for fighting. And then, and this means there would be a return of the crusades. Do you think that's inevitable?
1: I think there will come a time that that confrontation will happen. But I think what's really interesting, um, somebody spoke to me about this parable about how um, it used to be that um, fantastic wine was grown in the United Kingdom and America came over to take some of our vines and plant them in California so they could grow wine. Um, And one time there was this massive blight, this, winter blight and all of their vines died. And they had to come back to the UK to take some more vines and replant their vineyards. And I believe what's going to happen actually now is that the same will happen in reverse. We will have to go to America to recapture our Christian culture and our Christian heritage and replant it across Europe. And I think that's the really interesting parallel is that America, and indeed India, are going to be key to keeping the Christian culture
0: alive. So, this, this uh, takes me to a different uh, issue. Uh, if Britain should be Christian, then should India be Hindu?
1: Then you get a yes from me, of, of course, of course. And, and having watched what's happened in Kashmir and the way that our mainstream Media have been entirely duplicitous about the truth or what seems to be the truth in Kashmir about the changes that Modi has managed to achieve for females and for minorities. That is not being represented in our mainstream media at all.
0: Now, India's let's shift from Britain to the India situation. Yes. The, the left in India is playing a very dirty game of bringing together not only Islamists, but also Christian evangelists. Now, this is something very important for Western Christians to understand that while in the West they are fighting Islam, in India they are becoming aligned with Islam to fight Hinduism. So, and the, the, the glue is the left. So, the, the Indian left has become kind of this anti-grand narrative, anti-nation anti-Hinduism as a result of that and therefore they are saying we will we will bring together all the forces that are against the country and hence we will bring together all these minorities and so on. Now, this is sort of a very strange thing because when I talk to Christians in the United States and UK, it's people like you I resonate with. And when I talk to Christians in India, they are so leftist and so much aligned with the, with the Islam. Now, this contradiction needs to be resolved if we are to move forward and fight the really problematic forces worldwide. This problem has to be resolved and I think we need a a coalition of people who can see the big picture and who can say that the small little fights here and there have to be compromised for the sake of a bigger picture, for the sake of a a bigger geopolitical uh, future at stake. What do you think of that?
1: That, that That is exactly a situation we have here. So, we have, for example, leftist Jewish organizations who are siding with the Islamists and they try and shut people like me down. The leftist Catholic organization will side with the Islamists. We have something called, perhaps you have it as well, interfaith, where they try and sell the idea that we're all the same, we're all on the same team and people lap this up. So we have that same problem of certain faiths allying themselves with the Muslim and Muslim council and the Islamists. And I don't know why they do it. Do they they think it will save them? I don't know the answer.
0: Yeah, this is very good. I am glad you feel this way. Because one of the ideas that I have promoted a lot is the problem of sameness. The problem of sameness uh, which is a fraud, which is a fake. Uh, I prefer difference with mutual respect which means you are different, I am different but I respect you as you are. Certainly, certainly men and women are different and they should respect each other. They shouldn't say that we are the same, we are the exact. Equality does not mean being same. You can have equal rights but you can have your own distinctiveness. So, same way all the narratives including spiritual, religious narratives have a distinctiveness about them and we should have difference with mutual respect. That's my slogan, as compared to uh, either tolerance, because tolerance is very patronizing. I want to go beyond tolerance and go to mutual respect. Uh, and you know, it's very interesting. I, I, I uh, soon after 9/11, the uh, Pakistani Muslim community wanted to be real brotherly with the Indians because they were scared. So they were uh, courting people like me to come and uh, talk in some friendly way so i was invited to a radio show in dallas i was there and uh, it was a it was a pakistani host and uh, this lady says uh, you know she's very full of praise and says i love your i love your uh, uh, mutual respect idea and i just want you to i want to welcome you to dallas and offer you mutual respect from the entire pakistani muslim community so, I said, I am very glad, I am very glad that you respect the, the, the fact that I worship deities that may be including feminine deities, female deities. And I actually believe in karma and reincarnation. And I have no problem with worshipping images. And, and I am really glad that you respect all this. So, she, they hung up. This was <laughs> a caller who hung up. Because you see this fraud, this fraud of okay, we will respect you kind of doesn't is, is is actually a fraud because when you look at the facts the thing is that there are differences but we have to say that i respect your faith your history and what you practice is fine for you but i want you to do the same for me i am not here to convert you and i don't want to be converted myself so we have a coalition of uh, faiths that are respecting each other with differences i think that's that's a very powerful thing we should start
1: it's, it's really powerful and it, and it drives through lots of different areas that the globalists work on to make us all the same. So in our schools, our children are being taught that there's no such thing as gender. There's no such thing as difference between men and women, male and female, that you can be whoever you woke up feeling like you were, the trans indoctrination of our children. This idea of sameness that all we're all the same, so we're all as one. And as you rightly say, when you drill down just below the surface, it's actually a contrivance to try and make us complicit as we bow down and allow ourselves to be taken over. And I I met a really interesting migrant in Finland, and his point was that the left only want to tolerate. The other, But if the other has an opinion or starts to learn a language or has views, they don't want anything to do with them anymore. And so, that's why I think you're right on your point that being tolerated is actually very demeaning.
0: It's like imagine a colleague in the office saying, I tolerate you to be in my office. Or a spouse saying, I tolerate you to have dinner with me. I mean, that's an insult. I mean, what's wrong with me that I, you have to tolerate me? So, I think we should raise the discourse to mutual respect, difference with mutual respect.
1: You're right. You're right. I'm certain of it. And I'm certain of the, the idea that we have to be passionate about preserving what we love about our nation. Our flag, our language, our religion, our anthem.
0: So, this, is a, this is a, has been a very good productive conversation. The first of many that we should have. Uh, I wanted to introduce you to my viewers, uh, and I want my viewers to look up uh, Katie Hopkins. I will give you the the Twitter feeds and various things, and I want people to follow her because I want to continue this conversation, and I want to see if we can develop some kind of a mobilization, some kind of a movement, which will bring these ideas together from UK and India.
1: Great. I think it's really important, and as you know, it's your Indian Embassy that was cruelly defaced and vandalized in London because we have a Pakistani mayor. And I'm ashamed that that happened. I apologize that that happened in England. And all I can say is that there are people like myself who will not allow that to stand and we will keep fighting back for India and for our pride.
0: Tell our viewers, why did the people of London vote and elect a Pakistani mayor who is Clearly not neutral.
1: The takeover of our country works in a very simple way. Um, A Muslim population is flooded into an area. All of the white people move out. So now you have four or five Muslim families where there used to be one family. Now mosques spring up to facilitate those families, funding flows in, and now they coordinate how they vote. So in London, they are densely, densely packed populations of Muslims who vote according to their religion. And that is why we have a Muslim mayor because the boroughs of London have the densely, most densely packed Muslim populations in this country. And it's why he's still the mayor, even though he's failing miserably, he is still in power because his densely packed Muslim voting base will keep him in power. And for example, recently he threw a party for his Muslim community in the center of London. We have a Muslim police force. We have a Muslim housing association. So he has political support because of his religion.
0: Do you think that the future has to involve a reformation of Islam? Do you think that Muslims who are genuine and honest about the future of humanity and who are realistic that they cannot take over the world, they will just create more violence, they need to start a project. In Europe, the reformation took a long time and it was violent. It was not easy because to reform something that old takes a while. So, this process needs to get started for Islam's own sake because then it can be a, a reformed Islam. A more modern Islam, scientific Islam, progressive in many ways. In fact, the liberal left, the globalists, should promote that because if they want to promote uh, human rights and all kind of things that they claim, then th- one of those things should be to reform Islam.
1: Agreed. And my sense is that we are a very, very long way away from reform because at the moment we're in a period of silencing of Getting people to be quiet about the problem. So we have a problem with Pakistani gangs raping our young white daughters and We are told that we aren't allowed to talk about it We're not allowed to report about it and because I did report about it a couple weeks ago I had the police at my door in my home telling me that I had to be quiet or I would go to prison So, I think we are a long way from reform. We're in a period of acceptance and appeasement at the
0: moment. So, if we are in denial because the discourse, the intellectual discourse has been taken over by the left in alliance with the Islamists, even though it's bad for the so-called ideals and values of the left and the ideals of human rights, but they are hypocrites. So, while they have one set of ideals, in practice, they are supporting, you know, a kind of uh, religious doctrine which is very against human rights, if you think about it. And we have feminists, western feminists, but they are not calling out the hypocrisy of the rights that women don't have in Islam. So, so I think what you are saying is the first stage has to be called the bluff. And that is what you are doing to spread awareness, to let people know that this duplicity should end. And once there's more honest dialogue, then we can move forward and everybody can say, okay, we all have some homework to do and some house cleaning to do and Islam has its own problems. Everybody else has their own problems. And then we can collectively build a new civilization. But we are not there yet. Is that what you're saying?
1: That, that's that's precisely what I'm saying. And I think very interestingly, the point will come, This this point of change will happen because when the LGBT, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans agenda, butts up against the Islamists, as it does already in the UK. That is where the monster almost eats its own tail. The tolerant left are challenged because Islamists are not tolerant of LGBT, and we see that already. The left don't know what to do because they want both sides, but they're going to have to choose. And I think that is the point where we will see the fracture line happen.
0: So, this two-headed monster with extreme leftist ideas in one side and the Islamism on the other side has been busy fighting outsiders, has been busy eating up other people. But what you are saying is that at some point in time they'll fight each other. Because they'll each go to such an extreme, it'll be unavoidable for them to to have clashes and conflicts with each other because the 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 uh, the, the trajectory of the feminists towards LGBT etc is in, is diametrically opposite to what the mullahs and the imams are preaching, and so when they start bringing their LGBT into the mosque, you're going to have some big flare-ups.
1: There you go. That is it. And right now in Birmingham in the UK, we have schools where Muslim parents. Protest outside the school. They want the school shut because the school teaches LGBT teaching. And the labor MPs, the leftists, won't say which side they're on because they can't. And that's going to be the fracture point, is the extreme left and feminists versus the Islamists. And eventually that that will have to tear apart.
0: So they've scored a self-goal. Exactly. And and a, a big contradiction.
1: Exactly. And it's why I spend a lot of time with the Muslim parents at those schools. Because me bringing noise to this helps illuminate their own hypocrisy.
0: So, Katie, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I am very glad that you are doing what you are doing because you are bringing new ideas, new provocations and the discourse is better with more diverse ideas and your ideas need to be at the table. And I would love to collaborate with you and talk further on various issues.
1: Sounds perfect. I very much enjoyed our conversation. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Do write to us with your feedback on infinityfoundationpodcast at gmail.com. This is Karishma signing off for today. Until next time. Bye-bye.